Hi, I'm Pastor Jason Shirley. I'm the Associate Pastor at Word of Life Church in Carlsbad, New Mexico, and I want to welcome you today to our podcast. I believe that this message is going to strengthen you and encourage your life. I want you to open up your heart to receive from the Holy Spirit and listen to what He has for you today. Enjoy our podcast. Bit of a tribute to, um, to my earthly father. And, uh, you know, he would be, um, he would be 90, oh, let's see. Um, he would be 96 in August of this year, so he would be 95 right now. And uh, he went to heaven in, in 1976. I had just graduated high school, but, uh, but Dad was a, was a man of God that loved God. In fact, uh, he, uh, before I was born, uh, he was in the Navy and uh, serving in the Navy and he had a, a heart attack while he was in the Navy and they medically discharged him from the Navy. And uh, uh, as he was laying in a hospital bed, he was, he was not a believer up until that time, but laying in a hospital bed, uh, recovering from a heart attack, which was at a, at a time that most people uh, that had heart attacks at that time died. And uh, so, you know, I came, I came that close to there never being me. <laughs> and so, uh, but anyway, Dad's laying in a hospital bed, and uh, he made a deal, you know, and, and, and we know better now. We know that, that that's not how God does things. But you know what? God, God will do things sometimes to reach us where we are and dad's laying in a hospital bed and he he made a deal with God he said if you will allow me to raise my children then I will serve you for the rest of my life and God did and he did and uh, so in uh, uh, God raised him up from from a heart attack from a hospital bed to serve him and uh I remember many years ago that, uh, I, in fact, I was a third grader at the time, and so you, you know, you got an idea how long ago that was. Um, but uh, my dad, for a brief period of time, he pastored a church in Greenwood, Arkansas, and uh, I, I don't remember. You know, I was a kid, and I didn't pay attention to a whole lot of what Dad preached. Um, but I do remember a few things, and one of the things that I remember was he shared a, um, a story about a vision that God had, had showed him as a, um, as a new believer, and he said he was in a warehouse, and uh, in, in this vision, he's in a warehouse, and he's looking around, and, and the warehouse is full of stacks of lumber. And uh, he said that uh, over in, he noticed over in the corner there was a staircase going up. And so he went to the staircase and went up to the next floor. And uh, the, the second floor was identical to the first with another staircase going up. And he went up several floors, all of them the same. Finally, he reached the top floor of the staircase or, or in, the, in the building. Uh, more stacks of lumber. But there was no, there was not another staircase going up. But uh, and he said the only difference, uh, other than the staircase, was the fact that over in the center of the room there was a a box. And uh, he said that he went to the box, you know, and and uh, he said the Lord spoke to him and he said all of these stacks of lumber that you see. These represent souls that you are to reach for the kingdom of God. And uh, so he went to the box, and he started to open the box, and said the Lord slapped him on the back of the hand and said, that's not for you to see. And so he never knew what was in the box. And in 1991, 
I was sitting in my office in Sand Springs, Oklahoma, getting ready to um, to go out for the our final service there in, at Word of Life in Sand Springs, and getting ready. We were getting ready to pack up the next day and and move to Carlsbad to start this church, and. As I'm sitting there in my office, I had not thought of that story in many, many years. Um, but as I'm sitting there in my office, I'm speaking that night in, in my final service there. And the Lord spoke to me and he said, now I'm going to tell you what was in the box. And, uh, you know, I, I remember that story as vividly as what I just told. And... Uh, um, even though I had not thought about that in many, many years. And he said, what was in the box that your dad was never permitted to see was that he would not fulfill the vision, but you would. And uh, so actually, I am standing today in his vision, and I've come to realize I'm, I'm standing today in his calling, and I realize that I'm not going to fulfill it completely either. I'm going to take it farther than what my father took it. But, uh, uh, you know, I've got a son that's preaching the gospel. And, uh, you know, I remember when we dedicated uh, Connor after he, was, uh, after he was born dedicating Connor, the Spirit of God, spoke to me about a fourth generation to preach the gospel, a fourth generation of Shirley's to preach the gospel. And so, you know, and the reason that I shared that today was to tell you this, that the decisions you make when it comes to the things of God, when it comes to leading your family, um, you know, you may not know where God, God's God's thinking generationally. He's thinking beyond just you. You see, and, and many years ago, my father, my earthly father, made a decision, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And because he made that decision, you know, here I am. I and my uh, siblings, you know, one, my oldest brother has gone to be with the Lord. Um, I've got a younger brother. I've got two sisters, all of which are serving God. We all have children. Not all of the, not all of my dad's grandkids are serving God, but uh, mine are. And, uh, uh, you know, my, my wife, my kids, my grandkids, my son-in-law, my daughter-in-law, uh, you know, we're all serving God today because of a decision Dad made minute before I was ever born. And, uh, you know, I, I want to to urge you today that if, you know, maybe you're a believer, but maybe you've not made a firm decision. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Maybe you've been, maybe you've been a little wishy-washy in your walk with the Lord. Maybe you've been a little back and forth, a little up and down. Maybe you've been in and out at, at, at times, and, and I want to urge you that today is the day you need to make a firm decision for Jesus and pass that down to the next generation and as many generations after you as you have an opportunity, whether it's, it's children, grandchildren, maybe you have an impact into your great-grandchildren's lives, uh, you know, let that decision carry down. Let that decision be something that affects generations after you. Praise God. And, uh, you know, God's not just satisfied with just you, but he wants a godly offspring. Praise God. And that's what Father's Day.
is all about is a godly offspring. Sow into the lives of your children, of your children's children, and your children's children's children. As, you know, for as many generations as you have the opportunity to. Praise God. And we're talking today, my, the title of my message today is Patterns. And uh, the passage that, that this comes from is Titus chapter 2, verse number 6. It says, Likewise, exhort the young men to be sober-minded in all things, showing yourself to be a pattern of good works in doctrine, showing integrity, reverence, incorruptibility, sound speech, that cannot be condemned, that one who is an opponent may be ashamed, having nothing evil to say of you. You see, the word pattern from Webster's Dictionary is a form or model proposed for imitation. In other words, it is something that is intended to be imitated. Praise God. And so the Apostle Paul is writing to Titus here, and he says, showing yourself to be a pattern, showing yourself to be a model for the purpose of imitation. You see, God has a, God has a management style. And maybe, you know, the, the, there is a, a principle here that carries over to your not not just your uh, managing of your home, but also whatever place in your life that you happen to find yourself as a leader. Maybe you are a leader um, in your workplace. Maybe you are a supervisor in your workplace. God has a management style that will work. Praise God. And let us not be conformed to this world's management style, but be conformed to God's management style. You know, I remember um, hearing Tony Dungy uh, used to be the the head coach of the um, Indianapolis Colts. And uh, uh, Tony Dungy was an outspoken or is an outspoken believer. And... uh, you know, he talked about that his coaching style was not the typical coaching style. He said, I don't yell. I don't curse my players. I don't, you know, th- these are work. Yet, he coached a Super Bowl champion team. Uh, and so, uh, I-, I think his coaching style worked pretty well. But, uh, but anyway, uh, you know, whether you are an employer, whether you are a supervisor, whether you are um, in, in, um, in, in government, in, in community organization, uh, whatever place that you find yourself in your life as a leader, develop God's leadership style because it will work for you. Praise God. It will work for you. It will cause you to rise for, to the top. It will cause you to be successful, not just for you, but for generations to follow. Praise God. For those who follow uh, your leadership, it will work. Praise God. Um, you see, there, there are many levels of leadership, but the leadership patterns don't change. Praise God. Now, obviously, yes, they have to be adapted to your particular situation, you know. But, uh, but yet there are principles that, that apply no matter what area of leadership that you found yourself in. And maybe you're not even a father, maybe you're a mother, you know. Uh, uh, the, the same thing, you are, you are a leader, and your leadership style will, will work, praise God, if it's God's leadership style. Praise God. You see, um, the word pattern implies consistency. Now, I'm a woodworker. 
my, my hobby is, is woodworking. And so, you know, there, there is something that we do in, in woodworking uh, with patterns. And uh, we will take a router and we'll put a bit in the router that is called a pattern bit. And it has a, a, uh, a ball bearing wheel on the, on the bottom of that bit that if you, if you attach, uh, you take a piece of wood and you, and, and you attach a pattern to it, and then this, this pattern bit is designed to follow that pattern. And you can cut that as many times as you want to cut. You can cut as many absolutely perfect duplicates of that pattern over and over again by just simply following the pattern. And you see, God intended for us to be duplicates of him. Hallelujah. I understand that. God, God wants you to be a duplicate of him. Hallelujah. And so he has given us patterns in his word, patterns of his leadership style that will work for you and can be duplicated over and over and over and over again. Praise God. It, it implies, the word patterns implies consistency. And it is so important for a leader to be consistent. You ever have a, a, a leader that you're trying to follow and the rules change every day? You know, you, you, you're, you're, you're trying to follow this person's leadership. You're trying to, to uh, uh, you know, do work. That, it, that your supervisor asks you to do, and, but it keeps, the pattern keeps changing? Anybody ever been frustrated by a leader that was always changing? It was never the same. They show up one day, and they want one thing, and the next day they want something else, and it's always different. You know, as, as fathers, uh, we need to be consistent in our leadership. Now, we talked about those that, you know, sometimes they're, they, they start out to follow the Lord and then next week, they don't, you know, it's different. And the next week, you know, I've, I've known people that have been in, in, in 27 years of pastoring this church. I know people that have been in and out at least a dozen times. Now, that, that's inconsistency. How, and, and I could tell you that the people who live like that, the people that, that, uh, that lead their households and their homes like that, their children are growing up to be the very same way. Their children are, uh, you know, are, are also in and out, back and forth, up, you know, and, and, and one day they're wanting to serve God and the next day they're not. And, and uh, uh, you know, there, there are people right now, I wish they were here today hearing this message because they, they, there's some things here that they need to grab a hold of. And that is, you know, you find the principles of God's Word and you stick with it. Praise God. You stick with it. Don't be all the time changing. You see, I, it, it struck me one time as I was doing some some pre-marriage counseling. A uh, couple that I was getting ready to, uh, to perform their, their wedding ceremony. And it struck me that, that the Scripture tells us in Ephesians, it says, uh, you know, husbands love your wives as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. It said, love your wives as Christ loved the church or loves the church. And one thing that I, and this, this just occurred to me as I was talking with this couple that day, that Jesus made a statement that is so powerful, so powerful, and he said this. He said, I will never leave you or forsake you. I will never leave you or forsake you. Now, isn't that what we say in our wedding vows when we say that, uh, you know, I do as long as we both shall live, I do. 
Isn't that what? Now, why is it that we can trust Jesus? Because in 2,000 years since he said that, he has never left us or forsaken us. When he said, I will never leave you or forsake you, he was saying, I do for the rest of our lives. And he's still alive. You're still alive. Praise God. He said, I will never leave you. So you see, here, here's the danger. Many, many husbands, many fathers, and many wives as well, you know, if, if, if the truth were told, it is, I will never leave you as long as everything's going good. You know, I won't leave you um, as long as you get up every morning and cook me breakfast. I will never leave you unless you gain 50 pounds. I will never leave you unless, and we have all of these conditions Instead of just a very simple statement, I will never leave you or forsake you. Praise God. And when husbands start saying things like, well, you know, I just don't know if I can do this anymore. You have just sowed inconsistency into your life and marriage. You have just sowed a, a huge seed of destruction in your marriage. Not only in your marriage, this is not a marriage lesson, this is actually Father's Day. So not only have you sowed something into your marriage, you have also sown something into your children. And you, I, I promise you, you will not like the harvest on that seed. And the seed you sow, the law of seed time and harvest is very much in effect. It is very much in effect. You better hope it is because you won't be eating for very much longer if it's not. You know, we get to eat because the law of seed time and harvest is in effect. Praise God. And so you are sowing a seed that you won't like the harvest of that seed when you begin to sow doubt as to whether or not you're going to leave or not. That's a great place to say amen. Praise God. But here the scripture says that Paul said to, to Titus, he said, showing yourself as a pattern of good works. You see, when Jesus said, I will never leave you or forsake you, he established a consistent presence that produces security. Praise God. You see, the very same thing that I, I talked about that the, this leadership style carries over not just to your family, carries over to the workplace, it carries over to everything you're involved in. It carries over into the church. Now, you know, uh, I have seen, and, and, and I'm not one to, to ever put down uh, another pastor or another church, and I'm not going to now, but I just want to say this in, in, in general terms, that I have seen pastors that, Come and go, come and go, come and go. All, always moving around, always coming and going. This is why I believe that it's important that, uh, uh, that I stay here. So you know who your pastor is going to be tomorrow. Praise God. It's important that I, that I stay put. It's important that, that I make a commitment to you. Praise God. That's, that's why I'm, I'm still here. I'm not moving and, and always looking for greener grass uh, somewhere else. You see, because I'm establishing a pattern. Praise God. Now, he, he not only says a pattern of good works, 
but of good doctrine. Of good doctrine. So, how, how do you establish a pattern of good doctrine? Good, sound teaching. See, that, that's what he's talking about. Good, sound, biblical teaching. You see, though I'm the pastor of this of, of this church, of this local congregation, yet, fathers, you are pastors, so to speak, in your home. Praise God. You are the pastor, the, the shepherd in your home. Why? Because the shepherd is the one that is taking care of and protecting the rest of the family and caring for and providing for, and that falls as your role in the home. Praise God. Now, uh, please understand that I never mean anything to ever make someone feel bad about where you are in your in your life, in your uh, your your place in life. That's that's not uh, my intention. And I know that there are some mothers in here that are having to fulfill the role of father. Um, you know, I, I I'm I'm sad to say that, and I and I'm sorry that that's the case. But I believe God will give you the ability. To do what you have to do. Praise God. Praise God. But my, my uh, exhortation here is to fathers, make a commitment to your family. Stay put. Be consistent. Praise God. In good works. Also in good doctrine. Now, you cannot establish a pattern of good doctrine as long as you're telling mama to take the kids to church. As you're telling mama to be the spiritual leader. Guys, I'm calling on you today. Step up and be the leader of your house. Praise God. That doesn't mean you rule from your recliner throne. You know, that means that you set an example. That... If the Bible says it, we believe it. Now, there were some things Dad didn't understand. You know, I, I, I have come to know a lot of things, you know, in my, in my life, in my ministry, a lot of things that, that Dad didn't understand. Dad didn't, you know, didn't know anything about the message of grace that we preach today. He didn't know anything about that. But if he had ever seen it in the Bible, he would have believed it. I'm sure of that. Because the thing that he taught, the thing that he established was, if it's Bible, that's what we believe. That's why I believe what I believe today. Because he said, if, it's, if you see it in the Bible, that's what you believe. Praise God. Praise God. Of integrity. Establish a pattern of integrity. That means that you're a man of your word. That means that you do things right. You see, the Bible says that, that uh, um, a good man says that he um, swears to his own hurt and won't change. Now, what does that mean? That means that if he gives his word on something, even if it hurts him personally, he won't change because he gave his word. You know, take, take a close look. If you've made a promise to someone and it, see, here's, here's what we, 
what we see in so many, that I make a promise, I'll keep it as long as it doesn't inconvenience me. No. Scripture says you swear to your own hurt and refuse to change. So even if my commitment hurts me, I will keep the commitment that I made to you. Fathers, even if it hurts you. Now, let, let, me, let me back up to, to your wedding vows. You made a commitment. You said, I do. Even if, even if, you, you swore to something. And so, but, well, doesn't God want me to be happy? He is a lot more concerned about your commitment than he is about your happiness. I'm going to say that again. That, that really, uh, I, it seems like that just went right over to the back wall. Okay, we're going to lower it down here a little bit and say, God is more concerned about your commitment than he is about your happiness. Okay? You made a commitment. Now, honor your commitment. That's what integrity is. Integrity. He will not change. Praise God. Of reverence. A pattern of reverence. Reverence deals with respect. Not only do you show respect, but you also earn for yourself respect. You live your life in a respectable way. Praise God. Praise God. Establish that as a pattern. A pattern of incorruptibility. Incorruptibility that you cannot be corrupted. And of sound speech. Watch the mouth. Watch the mouth. Sound speech. And then he goes and he says this. Leaving your opponents uh, or... Um, so that one who is an opponent, here's how the scripture says it, one who is an opponent may be ashamed having nothing evil to say of you. I, su I like to say it this way. If they're going to talk evil about you, make sure they're lying. Now, you, you can't keep people from lying, but you can make sure that the evil they're saying about you is not the truth. It's okay if people lie about you. People, I've had a lot of people lie about me, and it's all right. But I'm going to make sure that if they're speaking evil about me, that they have to lie to do it. Praise God. Praise God. Now, do I perform any of those things perfectly all the time? Absolutely not. I wouldn't want you to think that I'm saying anything other. But th this is the way that I endeavor to live my life. This is the way I endeavor to raise my children. Praise God. Now, the Apostle Paul said this in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse number 1. Imitate me just as I also imitate Christ. Imitate me just as I also Christ. You see, it's all right to tell your kids, hey, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Praise God. If you want them to imitate you, then you need to imitate Christ. Praise God. Praise God. You see, this idea of do as I say, not as I do, they don't get it. They don't get it. Imitate me as I imitate Christ. Praise God. Praise God. Now, Ephesians chapter 5, verse number 1 says, Therefore be imitators of God as dear children. Um, let me say it this way. Learn God's 
Learn Father God's fathering style and imitate it. Learn his fathering style and imitate it. And I don't have time today to go into a lot of this, but I want to hit some things real quick. Some things that are uh, that you'll see in Father God's fatherhood style or his leadership style. And remember, remember this is not just about fatherhood, but it's about leadership in general. Um, and so whether, this, whether you're in a position... Uh, as a father or whether you're a mother or whether you're a, a, a boss or, a, you know, what, whatever your leadership position is. First uh, Peter chapter 5, verse number 1 says, The elders who are among you I exhort, I who am a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ and also a partaker of the glory that will be revealed, shepherd the flock of God which is among you, serving as overseers, not by compulsion, but willingly. In other words, he's saying, don't do this because you have to. Don't do it because, because somebody's twisting your arm and making you do this. He said, do it willingly, not by compulsion. Um, and then he goes on, uh, not for dishonest gain, but eagerly nor as being lords over those entrusted to you, nor as being lords over those entrusted to you. Now, remember he's talking about Father God's leadership style. We want to learn from Father's leadership style. Praise God. Um, but being examples to the flock. Being examples to the flock. Now, an example, that's a word that's very closely related to a pattern. Praise God. Be examples to the flock that when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive a crown of glory that does not fade away. Likewise, you younger people will submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. Praise God. So, um, he tells you to shepherd the flock of God. Now, he's specifically talking to pastors here, but this applies to fathers in the home. Shepherd your family. Shepherd your children. Now, as a, as a shepherd, that means that you provide food, protection, shelter for them. Praise God. It's a fatherly responsibility. Praise God. And then in Proverbs chapter 27, verse number 23, he says, Be diligent to know the state of your flocks and attend to your herds. Be diligent to know the state of your flocks. In other words, engage and know what's going on. Praise God. You will not be a very effective father if you don't know what's going on with your kids. Uh, nobody saying amen. You will not be a very effective father if you don't know what's going on with your kids. Praise God. You know, it's all right to invade their privacy sometimes. You know what? It's okay that they don't have a lock on their bedroom door. I'm just getting real, real practical right here. Uh, is it okay if I just give you some practical advice? You know, I raised two kids, and they both turned out pretty good. So I think I know a little bit of something. You know, do not let your kids go hibernate in their room and lock the door. You know, they live in your house. They don't need to have any privacy. Know what's going on 
know the state of your flocks. Did you know that Father God, he knows what's going on with you? Praise God. It's his leadership style. Praise God. You know, if you're, a, if you're an employer, I, I remember that uh, my mentor, he always said this. He said, you don't get what you expect, you get what you inspect. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. In other words, know what's going on. Inspect. Find out. If you've got an employee, make sure your employee, I'm not talking about micromanaging. I'm not talking about always being leaning over their shoulder. But know what's going on. Know, know what they did. Know if they actually showed up on time. Check the time card. Check what time they logged in and what time they logged out. Check if they were there. Check what they got done. You know, see if they got it done. Let them do their work, but make sure they did their work. Praise God. Praise God. You know, if your kids say they're going to be at the movies, maybe you go to the movies too. Hmm? Now, I know the kids might not like that, but... Uh, you know, it's okay for you to show up at the movies, too. Hey, it's a public theater. Say, I like movies, too. Praise God. And if they're not where they're supposed to be, then uh, uh, next time they want to go to the movie, they don't go. Praise God. They do what they're supposed to do, what they tell you they're going to do. You, you, you know the state of your flock. Praise God. Then, notice this. Here's another one. God's leadership style is provoke to love. Provoke to love. 1 John chapter 4, verse number 19. We love him because he first loved us. Make sure your kids know you love them. Above all else, make sure they know you love them. Don't let that ever be in doubt. Even when you went to the movies where they said they were going to be and they weren't there, and you found their car at somebody's house, you still love them. Praise God. Because your love for them is unconditional. Now, Make sure they know that, you know. Here's something that God is not like Santa Claus. He's not making the list and checking it twice to find out who's naughty and nice, you know. That, that's, that's not his style, you know. And, and the, the implication there is that Santa Claus will uh, bring you presents if you're nice, and he won't if you're not. Okay? You'll get coal if you're not. But, but that's not how Father God does things. The Bible says he was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses, not counting their trespasses against them. Praise God. So Father God is not making the list and checking it twice. In other words, don't. Make the list that you keep going back to of past failures, of past sins, of past mistakes that they've made. Once they're dealt with, let it be gone. Praise God. Because as long as you keep pulling out the list and going over the list, they're going to doubt your love for them. So don't keep going back over the past list. We deal with what we need to deal with right now. But we don't keep bringing up the past. It's God's leadership style. Love thinks no evil. 1 Corinthians 13, 5. You see, God's got selective memory. As a father, you need to have selective memory. 
Hebrews chapter 8, verse number 12 says, For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their lawless deeds. I will remember no more. I will remember no more. He says, I will. In other words, he's saying, I am choosing to never again remember that. Praise God. Praise God. So you remember it no more. God's leadership style. God's fathering style. You see, and Father, God is not seeking to expose your sins. He's not seeking to expose your sins. I know there's a lot of prophets that want to. Well, they say they're prophets anyway. But they're always wanting to expose your sins. Well, Holy Spirit is not exposing your sins. Praise God. Praise God. Proverbs chapter 10, verse number 12 says, Hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all sins. Love covers all sins. You know, don't ever, don't ever, and I started to say it this way, and I'll go ahead and say it, but then I'll, uh, I'm going to correct myself. Don't ever let your children hear you telling others, other parents, other kids. Don't, don't ever let your kids hear you telling someone else about their failures. And then I'm going to correct that statement. Just don't tell them. Just don't tell other people your kids' failures. Praise God. And I'm not talking about getting help with it, but, but I'm talking about the chit-chat. Don't, don't let, you, you know, you don't need to tell Grandma about the, thing, the embarrassing thing your kid did. Don't need to tell them. You don't need to tell the neighbor you don't need to tell their teacher. You don't need to tell, you know. Don't expose your kid's failures. Let your kid believe that you think. Now, let's be stronger than that. Let's say you need to believe. You ought to believe you got the greatest kid on earth. You ought to believe that. Now, I do, but, uh, but you ought to believe yours are. Praise God. Praise God. And your kids need to believe that you believe that. Praise God. Then, you see, that's what Jesus did. He told the church of the Laodiceans, now they were messing up. And here's what he told them. He said, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire that you may be rich and white garments that you may be clothed that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed. He didn't want to re reveal their shame. Now, remember this one. I'm going to leave with this one. Romans chapter 2, verse number 4. It says, or do, you not, or do you despise the riches of the goodness and forbearance and longsuffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads to repentance? So in other words, your goodness, God says it's his goodness that leads us to repentance, not his threats. So, How do we implement that? How do we, how do we imitate that? Don't be someone that's always threatening your kid. Don't do that. Don't do that. If you need to discipline them, then discipline them. But don't, don't always be threatening to discipline them. Don't be, don't be threatening them with, well, you know, if you keep that up, then we're just going to do this and we're going to do that and we're going to, you know, and, and always threatening that's not God's leadership style. It's not his fathering style. Praise God.
And I've given you some things today that I know are some very, very practical things. And, uh, um, you know, just some things that I've, I've learned from God's word, from, from watching Father God, how he fathers. And uh, um, I know it's been, uh, you know, a, a kind of message that, that really to, to, to cause you to take a close look. Take a close look. What are you doing? How are you doing it? Are you following God's leadership style? Praise God. I want to pray for fathers today. Father, in the name of Jesus. Father, I just pray that the things that we have shared today would be things that would, that would resonate in the heart. And Father, that, that uh, uh, you would help those that need to make some corrections. Father, I thank you that you will help them to make the necessary corrections. Father, because we need strong fatherly leadership. Strong, consistent, godly fatherly leadership in our homes. And Father, I just pray today, Father, that you would help them to, to make corrections that need to be made. Father, that you would encourage them about the things that, 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 um, that, that maybe they're struggling with, that you would, Holy Spirit, just encourage them today. Father, I speak courage over every father, every mother that's fulfilling that role, Father, I speak courage over leadership that no matter where the realm of leadership is, Father, I speak courage over them today in the name of Jesus. Let that courage rise up on the inside of them. Father, to be the kind of leaders following your leadership example, your pattern. Father, that they may be patterns, established patterns of good, godly leadership in their homes and we thank you for that today in Jesus name in Jesus name thank you Lord thank you Lord thank you Lord we hope you enjoyed the podcast today I'm going to ask you to do just a couple of things for me first of all if you would subscribe to our podcast rate it and review it that would help us so much and if you want to invest in word of life church you can do so by texting the numbers 84321 and searching word of life church to get started or you can simply give from our app that you can download on the apple app store or on the google play store just search word of life carlsbad thank you so much once again and remember that god is madly in love with you Thank you.